Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. From the Summer Skate Studios, behind the mask hockey shops present College Hockey Southwest Live for October 31st, 2021. Tonight's scheduled guest, Associate Commissioner of the NCHC, Michael Weitzman. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey under the bright lights of Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Dine in, take out, or catering your next event. We are at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, and now at all Allegiant Stadium events as well. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Anywhere you want to go, you can bet there's a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. By Boost Mobile. With Boost Mobile, you always get plans and phones that fit your needs. And by Burrito Express, the East Valley's home of the always available breakfast burrito. Go to burritoexpress.com for the location near you. College Hockey Southwest Live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome in hockey fans, college hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, anybody that is interested in hockey. This is indeed College Hockey Southwest Live. It's our reaction show every Sunday night, live at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, presented by our friends at Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful, well, not so beautiful today, Colorado Springs, Colorado. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, joining me from that beautiful palatial estate out on Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you? Can you have a palatial basement? <laughs> Good one. Nice one. I, I, not... I don't know. I mean, that's... <laughs> I'm I mean, not I sure. Don't know, I don't know this whole estate thing. I don't know uh, what the heck you're talking about. Um, it's just my let, way of having fun. <laughs> they don't let us peasants stay in places like that. Oh, okay not like then. you where they roll out the red carpet. And, <laughs> okay, then. and I'm sure. See, they didn't. You know, I yeah. I edited the open because you, you know, did. I didn't. Wanna, I didn't yeah, I didn't want to get in there and have uh, tonight's guest uh, Michael Weissman, who's probably sick of talking to Scott by now. But I didn't want to. <laughs> Maybe he is. Maybe he might he is. be. We'll find out. I mean, I guess if he comes on, he's not. Yeah. Although I can't understand why he would. Uh, he's coming on. He's coming on. Trust yeah. me, Michael. Uh, Michael I'm knows. Sure. Michael I'm sure knows he will, where, but yeah, he, he knows where everything's at. It's right here with college well, hockey, just, Southwest Live. I'm just saying. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, all right. I, I don't but, like to assume anything. Before he comes on, we have a few things to discuss. Um, wow, what a weekend of college hockey again! Um, you started it off last week by saying, "Yeah, maybe the games aren't as great as." Uh, um, <laughs> as they've been in the past, the matchups on paper maybe aren't what, what we would expect to be big-time matchups. But let me tell you, Paul, let's start right here in Colorado Springs. Uh, the quote-unquote city championship 
The Pikes Peak Trophy was up for grabs between Air Force and Colorado College. Uh, Friday night, uh, Colorado College went to Air Force, which yeah. turned out to be an excellent hockey game, a 5-4 five, five, overtime victory for the home team, the Falcons. Uh, everybody that was there expected it to be a goaltender's battle. It turned out to be more of a shootout. Then things flipped, and they went over to Colorado College. And I think before I preview what happened at Colorado College, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let the folks know what you said when I sent you the uh, video post game of Chris Mayotte Friday night. You said, I didn't even have to listen to it. I could tell by the expression on the coach's face he wasn't happy. Oh, uh, that's I, not am what I, close I said. To that? that's, am I close well, to that? Close, yeah, I was going to say that. Okay. Not happy is not the word I used but or the phrase I used, but close enough. People what what was point. that phrase? Uh <laughs> Uh, let's let's yeah i mean yeah. The, the coach was pissed he wasn't happy yeah exactly um so nobody I played really, it but i listened to it but i didn't have to so nobody really knew what to expect i don't think uh on friday uh, saturday night at ed, ed robeson arena except for a couple of things um we knew the building would be packed it was sold out again four straight sellout for ed robeson arena You'll uh, have congratulations those to them yeah they will um and, and what an atmosphere. That's the first time I've watched a game in there. And uh, big shout-out to, uh, to our guy, Jerry, the SID over there, because, man, oh, man, uh, Jerry Cross takes such good care of us. And he put me right at center ice along with Joe Paisley. Um, so we had a terrific view of the hockey game, allowed me to get some great photos and, and things. So we knew all that was going to be fun. If anybody's been listening to me since July, I've said – I believe Chris Mayhut's going to turn this thing around quicker than people think. Um, it, you've heard him. We've had him on the show a few times now. Um, good Lord. Everybody buys in on that roster. I mean, let's, let's put it the way it is. His roster is not what he wants it to be in two or three years. He inherited guys. He had to take what he could get starting the job late. Um, and that's not to take away anything from the players. I'm just saying that they, uh, they're they just not quite as talented as everybody else in the NCHC. Um, they know it, so they're trying to improve. They know it, so they put a chip on their shoulder. And goodness gracious, did they do some damage to Air Force on Saturday night. Well, first of all, um, I, I, I don't think they did it, but maybe they did. I mean... I also said to you after the, you know, after I, you know, when I saw the, the like the, the I could, uh, did, did you make them do some Herbies at Cadet Air Force? <laughs> no. You know, at Cadet Arena. Because like, he, because he, it's sure in hell, they sure in hell reacted like they did on Saturday night. Because, I mean, that's all I could think of in my head, just looking at them. Uh, you're not good enough to get on on talent alone. You know, um, <laughs> I know, and that and that's and, such a nineteen eighties thing. Um, I, I get it. I just listen. Don't uh, uh, leave me alone. You know, I'm going to figure out a way to quote that movie, no matter how you look <laughs> at it. And, and we know most of what phraseology gets used in that movie is probably word for word, considering that uh, <laughs> more than Brooks was a consultant on the movie. Yeah, more than, so. more than likely. Um, let me tell you what uh, what Chris Mayotte is so good at doing. And, and you know this because I've said this a million times. If I could sign that letter of intent to play for that guy, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, 
he is so good at taking – that was as frustrated, by the way, as I've seen him so far uh, that Friday night. Um, but he doesn't lose his cool, at least not that I've seen. Oh, and not in public he didn't because I guarantee you. I, I don't know. I, Paul, I don't think so because I talked to a couple of players, one well, on listen, camera. Listen. Yeah, okay, and, and I get that. But if if we noticed it, you don't think that whether he had a, whether he said anything or not, you you don't you don't think they noticed it? No, no, no. Though they noticed it, they all noticed it. But it was more of a more of a disappointment, like disappointing your father uh, type of thing, more than it was a Herb Brooks. You got to get on the ice and you got to work this out. Um, no, that, that I don't believe that was the way it was at all. I believe it was. Um, let's get back to playing Tiger hockey. Let's go back to being who we are. Um, Matthew Gleason was the only player that spoke on camera after Saturday night's game. Um, and he said, basically the meeting was, let's get back to being us. Let's do what we do best, but also let's protect home ice. Let's not lose on our, in our building, which brings up a whole other can of worms that we'll get into in a minute. You don't, and you don't (laughs) think when they got back into that building after losing that game in overtime, um, and knowing uh, that they lost that exhibition game a few weeks earlier, you think that didn't play a factor in this? No, I know it did. I know it, it did. did. But what I'm saying is, uh, Chris Mayotte takes a different approach. Um, and he had a long meeting on uh, Saturday morning, team meeting. All of them were involved, the coaches, the players, and uh, they just basically had a discussion. And it was like, what are we going to do? Are we going to be the team that, that lost 5-4? And let's say this. He he said after that game, he said, our guys didn't play well. None of our guys played well. We played terrible. Okay, let, let, let's take them for that. They played terrible. They lost 5-4. to four, And they even came back right. and tied the game late in the game. And if you've watched Colorado College Hockey leading up to this point, um, they, they haven't exactly been burying pucks. Yeah, but they haven't been letting them go in either. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But they did score four times. And the one thing that we said uh, we've been saying is if they ever get their offense rolling, um, I think that that game was an anomaly for for uh, Dominic Bassey. I don't think he's going to perform the way he did. A lot like Alex Schilling. But- yeah, I think that game was, uh, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's almost like you sit down to watch a good pitcher's duel. And before you know it, it becomes a beer league softball game, and it's eight seven in the third inning. <laughs> yeah, I watched a few of those from Arizona players. Okay, now I digress. Let's get away from that. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, just to recap what I saw, uh, and keep in mind, folks, I've watched a lot of hockey in my sixty, almost sixty years on this planet. Um, I don't know, and you and I, Paul, before I get into it, you and I have discussed about five-minute majors and how teams never seem to score on five-minute majors the way they should. Um, and we never know what it was. And I think Chris laid it out. He said, I think after the game, he said, uh, I believe the – and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, I, I believe guys get in a comfort zone and thinking like, hey, sure. you know what? I've got, plenty of I've time. got five minutes. There's plenty of time. I'm going to get a couple of shifts, a couple of cracks at this each unit. Um, so they don't really have a burning desire to bury as many as they can. Oh, 
that went by the wayside on Saturday night. They were wanted to score a dozen if they could have possibly done it. It just doesn't uh, happen that often. <laughs> I know. I know. And both penalties, I, I, I have to say, were legitimate calls. I mean, kudos to the NCHC officials. They got it right on both of them. So um, no complaints on that end of it. But um, Well, I didn't sit there and stare at them. And, you know. Well, one was, one, was a, one was a boarding uh, contact yeah, of the head yeah, boarding. Yeah. You got to call all, that. First of all, second, if you're saying it was the right call, then I have to question it. I know. Secondly, the second one was uh, a check from behind directly into the goalpost uh, where, I mean, he drove him uh, through the goalpost. Yeah, see, that one, I remember, you know, you sent me the video, and I'm like, eh. Oh, he drove him through it. He moved the goal. He moved oh, the yeah, goal but the three feet. Are designed to, yeah, but the goalposts are designed not, to come off that easily. when not, something, no, 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 not, see, not, no, not from a tap on the back. Uh, that was not. That was a two-hander that uh, drove him forward into the it post. It was right next to him. It's not like so, he freaking. Anyway. No. Anyway, I see, digress. Well, hey, it was what, a five-minute yeah, major. Yeah, but see, I said, I said a double minor. Yeah, well, it was a five-minute major because it was oh. a check from behind. Had it just been a cross-check, fine. It would have been a double minor probably, but it was a check from behind. That's an automatic well, five well, in a first game. Of all, first of all, aren't most cross-checks from behind? No, not always. Yes, they are. No, they're from the side. They can be from the front. They can be from behind. And not usually, net like that. There, and know, usually, right? usually a cross check is not driving them into something; it's driving them to the. They ground. were right next to the post. What did you that, that, listen? He I didn't say it was a post. two. I didn't. First of all, I didn't say it was no call. I know, but anyway, okay. we, I just, we, when we I watched when I watched the hit when you when I looked at the hit, I said that should be a double minor. <laughs> we digress, but actually, no, it was we a not. Five minute, you brought it up. It, it was a five-minute major. I know that. And and it turned into six power play goals, um, something that I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, it, it turned into watching Air Force, who Frank Saratori is an excellent coach, excellent with goaltenders. Uh, it turned out that he had to play three different goaltenders in that contest. I don't know that I've seen that either without an injury where he's uh, actually played three goaltenders. I don't know where anybody's played three goaltenders without an injury. Uh, I didn't know you could game. dress three goalies. <laughs> yeah. So so he played all three of his goaltenders. And more importantly, Colorado College walked away with the Pikes Peak trophy. More importantly, I, I would I would tell you that uh, Air Force probably doesn't think that's more important. Uh, <laughs> probably not. All right. <laughs> let's let's well, take one let's take one okay. quick break because we got Michael on hold, right, ready all to come right. on here in just a second. Let's take a quick break and we'll come right back and bring on the Associate Commissioner of the NCHC, Michael Weissman, in two minutes. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. 
officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, NCHC hockey fans. How about that? Scott Strandy with you from beautiful Colorado Springs, where, of course, today it was 35 degrees and foggy and cloudy and misty and all of that good stuff. But forget it. Forget it all, because Paul Hornstein is out on the palatial estate on Long Island, New York, and it is our pleasure to bring in the associate commissioner of the NCHC, Michael Weissman. Michael, how are you? It's like I haven't seen you in, what, 24 hours? <laughs> it's uh, good to hear from you, uh, Scott. Yeah, it was uh, a <laughs> night, night or two ago I saw you at Air Force, so I, I can understand the weather you were talking about. It was quite cold and, and one of the foggiest days I remember uh, here in Colorado in a while. So, yeah, but thank you for having me on. It's always good to join you guys. Hello, Paul. Hey, Michael, how you doing? I don't get to see weather here in my basement. There's no windows and um, <laughs> well, t today that was probably a good thing, but I mean, I would imagine you want to see some sunshine every now and then. So I want to see it every day. I'm, I, I, <laughs> Michael, Michael, here's the good part though. We took the bars off his windows, so at least he <laughs> you can, you can, you can I don't have any now. windows. Oh yeah, yeah, upstairs windows. We took them off there, so it's he good can to get out every now. once in a while. Yeah, yeah, he can get out and walk the dog or something like that. But okay, <laughs> we, we got a ton of stuff to talk about. So um, first things first. NCHC regular season action begins this weekend. And like I told you the other day, uh, there's just not an off weekend in NCHC hockey. And uh, <laughs> it's crazy. But uh, before we jump into that, I want your thoughts on last night because you and I texted a couple times back and forth about what was going on at Colorado College at, at Robeson Arena. So before we get into that even – Tell me your thoughts on Friday night. I don't think anybody expected a 5-4 overtime game. Yeah, I was, uh, I was glad to be uh, in, in attendance in person for that game. A great atmosphere. The cadets were fired up. Certainly a big rivalry game uh, between Crosstown foes playing for a trophy there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, CC and Air Force maybe both got off to some slow starts this season and are starting to play a little bit better. So, um, I think it was a, a very competitive, exciting game, and uh, I know Will Gavin ended it with a hat-trick in overtime there for Air Force, which 
certainly maybe not the result we wanted uh, in the NCHC, but definitely an exciting game and, and, you know, probably what you'd expect from a rivalry regardless of maybe a team's records. Isn't it unique, Michael, that uh, Will Gavin gets the hat trick and the game winner on Friday night and then gets a uh, five-minute major in a game misconduct where uh, really turn the tide for Colorado College on Saturday night? Yeah, it's funny how that works, right? I mean, one game to the next, uh, things are so different. And, um, you know, yeah, obviously it was the hero on, on Friday and had a couple penalties on Saturday. And, yeah, as I heard you guys talking about, CC certainly had their power play clicking on Saturday night. And so those penalties were costly. And, uh, unfortunately, it, it hurt his team quite a bit. All right, Paul. So, well, no, I was going to say, I mean um... – is that the first game you got? Oh, you didn't, you weren't at the game Saturday. Were you at uh, any of the other Robeson games yet for CC? Were you at the so ex- I, exhibition game? So I went to the uh, first official regular season okay. game against St. Lawrence on Friday. I think it was October 8th. Uh, so I was in attendance for that game. I did not go to the exhibition and uh, did not go to last night's game because I was uh, watching the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame game from Nashville between North Dakota and Penn State on my Big screen, so I uh, I had seen enough of Scott on Friday. Wow, I totally understand that. I completely uh, understand But, but uh, <laughs> from what I saw, I mean, I certainly watched the CC game on NCHC TV on my computer and looked like the crowd was rocking. The students were fired up. I saw lots of great Halloween costumes, which is always fun. So um, it's great that they have that the, the new arena on campus. Uh, you know, students can walk across the street and get to the game. They don't have to hop on a bus like they used to, to get to World Arena, which was a 10, 15-minute drive from campus. Um, so, it's, you know, it's a much more intimate atmosphere. It's, it's a louder atmosphere. You know, they're a little bit more on top of the, uh, the ice than they were at World Arena, which is a little more spacious and cavernous, so to speak. So, um, yeah, it was great to see it rocking and, and, and the fans into it and uh, certainly an exciting, an exciting atmosphere for, for the Tigers. Okay, now I, I could have the timeline time completely wrong here. But is that the first new building that has come into the league since it started, or am I missing something? Uh, Baxter Arena, um, the campus of University of Nebraska, Omaha, opened, I want to say, in 2015 or 2016. Okay. Um, so that has that opened uh, you know, during the NCHC. Omaha used to uh, play at the – well, I don't know what it's called now, who the yeah. technical sponsor is, but it used to be the CenturyLink Center when we first started the NCHC. That's where they played, which is a, a bigger arena, kind of like a world arena in Omaha. Not not their facility, but a city facility. But now, then they built their on-campus Baxter Arena, which is quite nice. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think that was the only one that, I guess, has been built new and, and started new uh, since the NCHC's formed CC's being the second. I know several of our schools have done upgrades and renovations to their arenas but in terms of a brand new building i believe uh baxter arena and now ropes and arena are the, are the two new ones do they get input from you guys about certain things that they should include when they're when they're designing these buildings or designing the upgrades uh no we don't really have much involvement um you know, there are certain things that are required in terms of like, you know, ice size and, um, you know, visiting benches, visiting locker rooms, um, you know, press row access for television and radio and, uh, you know, video replay uh, booth and, you know, making sure you have all the hard wiring and the connections for, you know, talking to the penalty box up to the press box and certain wiring and things like that. But 
Um, beyond that, in terms of the actual, you know, construction of the building and how they lay it out and how big it is and things like that is totally up to the school. Um, you know, they work with their architect and the construction company. And, you know, in CC's case, they, you know, part of that building is also for student life and, and just regular students on campus. And um, so, you know, I think different schools have different objectives and things they're looking to do with their building, different sizes. And so, um, you know, we're not very involved in that. We're always excited to see new buildings on our campuses. And um, it's great when, you know, the ho ho hockey team can kind of get their own facility that they can call home on campus and um, don't have to go to different places and things like that. But in terms of us being in involved in it, not not so much. But there are league minimums about certain that that all the arenas have to have in place, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even sure if they're necessarily league minimums as much as they are just kind of what you need to have to play hockey games, right? So, I mean, the okay. ice size needs to be 200 by 85 unless right. you're making an Olympic sheet, which I think is really not a thing anymore. Um, you know, just so some of the things I talked about are really just, you know, necessities to operate operate games. Um, you know, we do have a game operations manual, a facility operations manual, but I wouldn't say there's anything in there that is, you know, out of the ordinary or, you know, probably other conferences or the NCAA would be mandating. I mean, there are things like you have to have our, our logo on the ice, um, either behind the goals or inside the blue lines. So things like that um, are mandated in there. Um, so there are certain specifications, but I wouldn't say there's anything, you know, you, too unique or in particular. Okay. Okay, Michael, here's, a, here's your opportunity. You can throw the pairwise away. You can throw away all the rankings you see. Because last week, Paul and I started our College Hockey Southwest Live Super 16. Are you ready for this? That. I saw Are you that. ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. We're going to unveil them with you listening because um, being the Associate Commissioner of the NCHC, I think you're going to like what you hear. Um, we came up with Minnesota State at number one, St. Cloud State number two, Minnesota Duluth number three, Michigan four, Denver five, Quinnipiac, 6, Minnesota, 7, Western Michigan, 8, North Dakota, 9, Omaha, 10, UMass Lowell, 11, Bemidji State, 12, Penn State, 13, Lake Superior State, 14, Providence, 15, and Michigan Tech, 16. Now, by my count, that's a heck of a lot of uh, NCHC teams, and a lot of people say, well, what about the East? Well, Paul and I both said if they if they haven't played enough games to really uh, get a feel yet, it's hard for them to for us to throw them in there. So um, you heard them. What do you think? <laughs> I think I counted. I count six NCHC teams yep. in your top, top top ten there. So uh, certainly always love to hear that. And uh, I know that the national polls are uh, something similar to that. Western Michigan seems to be climbing up there the rankings. So. Um, that's good to see. I, I've had them ranked uh, actually in my top 10 in my, my I voted in the USCHO poll. So uh, I've had them ranked pretty highly in, in my ballot. Uh, I think I had them in the top 15 preseason. I've had in the top 10 the last couple weeks, um, especially, you know, after their impressive uh, weekend against Michigan and then this past weekend with the comeback. So, well, that I was, think, go ahead. I was going to say that was nuts. I mean, I've seen how often do teams come back from down five, nothing on the road. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I couldn't remember. I can't remember in our eight years a team coming from five down either in non-conference or in conference play. I mean, to even have that possibility, you obviously have to give up five goals, which isn't a very common thing. And then to come <laughs> back from five and actually win the game, I mean, you need a minimum of a six-five score for that to even be plausible, right, or possible. So yeah. um, there's not too many games that have that many goals. I know we've had a couple 
We had an 11-7 game a handful of years ago between Miami and Omaha, but that definitely was not a comeback. And I know we've had an 8-6 and 7-6 games, but I don't, I don't believe those were five-goal comebacks. So, um, yeah, it's, that was certainly quite a feat uh, for them to, to rally. And, and they did it really in the last 22, 23 minutes of the game. So um, even more impressive to, to really do it all in the, the third period. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think your, your top 16 sounds uh, pretty accurate to me. The one team that – uh, maybe I, I either I missed or wasn't in there. Was uh, the defending national champion uh, Minutemen not not in there? I heard you asked. No, I, I I have not put them in there. Uh, I I don't I I know they 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 got waxed by Minnesota State in that first weekend. And if I just I mean maybe if I did a top twenty they'd be in there, but they have yeah. not exactly. I mean they struggled this weekend with Merrimack. Yeah, they they yeah, they. No, they, they you know they won two to one at Merrimack, and Merrimack took them to overtime at home. I, yeah. I just don't see them playing that well. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's totally fair, right? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think uh, certainly love all the NCHC teams. I mean, our teams have played played a lot of tough teams. I mean, you have Minnesota State at one, uh, Saint Cloud State obviously split with them, so I think that's seems pretty reasonable. One, two, I actually have them flipped in my ballot. I had okay. Saint Cloud one and Minnesota State two, but. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's all fair there. So, um, yeah, no, I, mean, I, I think it sounds good. I think it'll play itself out, right? It's fun to do kind of these predictions and right. polls and rankings, but ultimately, you know, there's a lot of, we only played one month. It's the end of October. So we still got <laughs> four, four full months of, of games left. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of fans are happy that we don't have to maybe go this subjective route and have people pick who they think are the best teams are. And, um, thankfully we do kind of have the pairwise that at the end of the season we'll, using the mathematical formula that is predetermined will tell us who the, the field of the NCAA tournament is. I know uh, last year, you know, with, there was actually a selection committee similar to what you see in basketball and the playoff uh, committee for football where, you know, it was humans selecting it based on just their eyes and um, kind of subjective right. criteria. So I, I think, you know, it, like I said, it is fun to do the ballots and the polls, but um, there is something nice about having a, a hard and firm kind of formula that determines things. And there really isn't any subjectivity. It, it is extremely objective. So we have well, Brown probably... the frozen four then, right? Because right now Brown is number two in the pairwise. <laughs> well, it's uh, a little early. It's a little early to be, it's a little sure? early to be looking at the pairwise. I you mean, sure? uh, I think so. Last, when <laughs> I looked at it last night, the three NCHC teams were in the top spots. So look, I see Brown, I see Brown snuck in there now, but uh, yeah, what's St. Cloud, Minnesota, Western Michigan. So. Michael, let me tell you about the subjectivity uh, last year. That was actually held in the uh, fish house on Lake of the Woods. And uh, Paul, was there he was in that room <laughs> but not a snowball's okay. chance in heck that i was there at that time of the year i can promise you that anyway he really thought that would be cool so yeah we're, we're ready to get rid of the subjectivity thing um I, I i i don't like to call it subjectivity from our end of it i like to call it eyeballs um there's nobody that watches more college hockey in the last three years than paul hornstein believe me um he's uh, well, he's got your quad view going uh, with NCHC TV. We know that. It's a great. And feature, he's got yeah. about yeah. he's got about six more subscriptions, I think, to every conference and every uh, unique situation there is to see the team. So, if anybody's got eyeballs uh, for college hockey, it certainly is my co-host. But how, how many screens do you have up on a, on a weekend night, there, Paul? Jeez, uh, I mean, you know, with the with you guys, I got I usually have two or three and. I have my desktop and my laptop and 
yeah, trying to figure your ESPN, it out. Your ESPN yeah. Plus and your Flow yes. Hockey. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The only I don't have the only I don't have really access to is the uh, Big Ten. I have the Big Ten Network, so oh, okay. occasionally I get those okay. games. Um, but I'm not, you know, ASU's not playing 28 Big Ten games this year, so I'm not throwing down that cash. Right. And I don't have access to Nesson, so I just have to deal with it when those teams play other teams. Yeah, Hockey East has uh, free streaming for games not on Nesson, though, I believe, which is really nice. Yeah, I, oh, so. I was not aware of this. Oh, look out. Now. <laughs> because now that's more so, games I have to watch now, right? Yeah, so games not, I believe it's games not on Nesson in that case. So, yeah, you can okay. check it out. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, okay, so, so I, know, I know a lot of fans would like to see kind of college hockey on one on one platform, but unfortunately, I don't. With right, various uh, rights and and things like that, it's it's tough to get every every conference on the same page. Well, well. listen, those those teams in in hockey they get a lot of cash from that Nesson deal. So, uh, well, then you got the Big Ten has their own network and yeah. they're a multi sport conference. So it's it's just uh, it's tough to get everyone kind of on you know on the same platform. ESPN Plus works for the ECAC through, through the Ivy league. That's, you know, that's where they get that deal is through the Ivy league yep. deal with ESPN plus. So, you know, really the, the multi-sport conferences, a lot of times are even driving these deals for the hockey conferences. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I mean, I have, access no, I know you, I know you weren't, I just but... know I, I hear, I see, hear that from fans often that, you know, why, like, why isn't everyone on ESPN plus or why isn't everyone on the same, you know, streaming platform? Why do we have to subscribe to four different, you know, platforms to watch games, which I, Totally get, you know, especially yeah. in the non-conference. I think, you know, last year fans maybe got a little spoiled or kind of forgot how it worked because every game was an NCHC game. So everything was on NCHC TV. And then we went back to non-conference and it's like, oh, wait, this game, you know, why is this game on NCHC TV? Well, we don't have the rights to the games at Colgate. That's that's their rights. And those games are on ESPN Plus. So right. um, I think it's just something that fans maybe don't quite totally understand, or at least some fans don't understand. Right. And okay. um, you got yeah. something else? Well, I was going to say he brought up the he was watching the Penn State um, North Dakota um, game, yeah. North Dakota game last night, and um, that was a lot more intense of a game than I thought it would be. To be honest, Michael, at least from the start, I not I always expect the game to get intense as, as they go along, but that was a much more intense game from the start than I expected it to be. Yeah, it was really entertaining, high energy, like you said, uh, a little bit chippy. Yep, definitely got chippy a there. Chippy. Uh, um, for, for the first time those teams have ever played, um, and I think Alex Heinert and Jake Brandt, who called the game um, and did do a great job, kind of even mentioned that they were a little surprised that considering there was really no history between these teams at all, that um, how chippy it was. But um, I saw a few things on Twitter, uh, various quotes and tweets from, from either side. So maybe that fueled a little bit, and I think it was a neutral site game, but Penn State probably felt like it was a road game, and it, it probably felt like a road game with all the green and, and noise in the stands. So... Um, you know, I, I saw some stuff that Penn State kind of had that, you know, back against the world mentality. And um, I think when, when you have that, maybe you play a little bit more on, on the edge and you're not as afraid to go at the other team. And so, um, you know, I think that led to it. And then I think North Dakota maybe got a little frustrated when they went behind and went behind two goals. And um, I think maybe you saw some of that. And so it did kind of lead to more penalties and, and some chippiness. But I thought our officials, uh, you know, did a, a pretty good job overall of, of keeping control of the game for the most part and um, calling penalties fair and, and not trying to, you know, really dictate the game too much. Well, no, yeah. I, I mean, outcome of the game, notwithstanding, depending on you, uh, I thought it was I thought it was a great game. It was it was really it was it was worth the price of admission. Yeah, um, back, and sure. forth, back and forth for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, oh, God. And, you know, it's funny. A lot of those people in green were there all day. 
They were <laughs> and the night before and the night well, before. Well, no, I'm I'm actually talking about in the arena because oh, yeah. the well, Islanders played the, right. Yeah. The Islanders played the Predators earlier in the afternoon and and anytime somebody who used to wear green got announced or or uh, you know, or, or did something. The <laughs> the, 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 there were uh, there there was a little extra oomph in the chair in the cheers. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, Rocco Grimaldi is a, yeah. a player for the Preds, and he, he actually played uh, his final season in the NCHC. So uh, he, we can claim him. But yeah, I, I know uh, a lot of the North Dakota guys were had a nice chat with him, and fans were excited to see him play. Okay, you know. so so let me ask you this. I know I know we don't have you all night, so uh, <laughs> I, I want to get into the uh, the schedule here real quick, at least this first weekend. But before I ask you that, um, I said in the opening of the show, uh, Michael, that I don't know in my fifty nine plus years of watching. Well, I didn't watch them all, but fifty plus years. How about that? Of watching college hockey, that I don't know that I've ever seen a game with uh, six power play goals scored the way they were last night and I don't know that I've ever seen a team chase three goaltenders um, <laughs> and do so in a rivalry matchup like this one and do so coming off of a 5-4 overtime victory the night before at the opponent's arena. <laughs> Have you seen anything like last night or am I losing my mind? Uh, gosh, I mean, you've been around a little longer than me. I, I have to think about it. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's totally uncommon to see a team, you know, get uh, you know, lose a close game and then come back the next night and, and really hand it to a team. So, um, I, you know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but certainly the, the uniqueness of the power plays and the flurry with which they scored, you know, three on that five minute major in the second period. And, um, you know, I, it was a little, uh, unusual, not that I follow air force regularly, but, um, seemed like they, they maybe lost their composure a little bit and, um, started taking some really kind of silly, unnecessary penalties um, that just kind of snowballed into to more problems for them. So, um, you know, I think CC was very frustrated with maybe how they played on Friday and that they lost that game, a game they, they probably felt they should have won. And um, they'd also lost to Air Force in the exhibition, don't forget. So they, they yeah. probably felt like they really owed it to <laughs> the Falcons and wanted to show, you know, what they're capable of. They were also playing at home um, in their home arena and had, they had not won in their home arena yet. So that was their first win in their new arena. So I think, um, it was just maybe kind of a, a perfect storm of after what happened Friday, CC was kind of just had enough. And, um, you know, Air Force probably was so amped up for Friday. It's probably to, hard to keep that level of intensity up uh, on Saturday, even though they knew they were playing for a trophy game on the road. I, you know, um, I think well, that you see that you, you see splits in college hockey a lot. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot of it is right. You lose the first night. and You're like, OK, well, now we got to win the next night. And so you tend to ramp up your intensity more than the team who just won, who's like, oh, yeah, we just won. We're doing great. But have you ever seen uh, a coach go through three goaltenders without an injury? <laughs> no, that's that was definitely a unique one to see uh, all three goalies play. I, I To be honest, I, I don't recall a situation where, yeah, I've seen all three <laughs> goalies play with by, kind of by choice, so to speak, like you yeah, said. Yeah, without, without injury. Without one getting injured or something, yeah. Can yeah, a team I, dress I three goalies, remember. Michael? Sure. Yep. Yep. They can dress nineteen skaters and uh, and three goalies. Yep. I did not see. I thought it was uh, nineteen skaters and two goalies. I was not aware that you T could actually dress three T goalies. T typically, teams like when they travel, they don't take they don't travel three goalies because that's obviously an extra hotel room and an extra right. meal, all the extra meals. And um, so you know when you fly or when you go on long trips and you're staying in hotels, teams typically don't travel with three goalies because you know, you 
most likely not going to need three goalies. No. Uh, barring a you know an injury that knocks a guy out for the weekend or something, um, and then you fly him in if you need right. It. And, and that, that I've been you know I've had that happen. I when I was at Miami, Miami had a goalie get hurt on Friday, and we bust or flew. I can't remember the third string goalie up for the Saturday game because we wanted you know you want to have two goalies. Um, so yeah, so that's probably why you know you don't see three dressed a lot for the visiting team, but um, you do see the home team dressed three goalies. I would say a, a fair amount of the time. Okay. Okay, so let's jump into the start of the, the uh, regular season before we have to let you go because I know you don't want to sit and talk to us for six hours. Um, <laughs> well, maybe he wants to talk it's to only, me it's only for an a hour, change. It's only an hour podcast, right? Yeah, right. Ish. <laughs> Ish. It's yeah. flexible, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let, let's start right here with Colorado Springs. Um, CC now is going to turn their focus and probably already has to uh, St. Cloud State coming here. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, uh, St. Cloud is number one in the country in, in the national polls uh, last week, and they didn't they didn't play this past weekend. They had an off week, so um, I think uh, it's going to be a, a challenge for CC. Uh, certainly, St. Cloud has a lot of talent. They returned almost their entire team from their national runner-up team last year. They have a ton of um, skill. They can roll several lines, so um, it'll be it'll be a tough test. It'll definitely be the best team. Um, CC has played. They did beat Boston College out east, and so I think maybe that gives them, um, you know, a little bit of a taste of, of kind of some of the the talent and speed that they uh, might see against St. Cloud. But uh, you know, I, I think St. Cloud's a little better than Boston College, so um, it should be a good one. I know CC has played St. Cloud tough in the past. They they pulled a couple upsets up in St. Cloud when St. Cloud was highly ranked. So uh, you know, the, anything is certainly possible. But yeah, yeah, you you got to think St. Cloud would be. Um, you know, if there was a, a betting line, they would probably be the favorite. Okay, so let me get the second one, and then Paul can uh, can hit the rest of them. But um, the other I one haven't. is uh, North Dakota hosting Denver. North Dakota four three and zero. Denver four two and zero. Your thoughts on what that one's going to be like? Well, yeah, those those are two teams that uh, don't typically like each other. They're uh, big time rivals. A lot of a lot of history. Been playing each other for many many years, going back to the old WCHA, uh, really the start of the old, the old WCHA. Um, and so you know, it's it's always intense games. Um, you know, those games are uh, up in Grand Forks, and so you got to think North Dakota is going to want to get that bad taste out of their mouth after last weekend. Uh, Denver was idle last weekend. Um, but Denver also has a bad taste in their mouth. They lost two games out east the weekend before to uh, Boston College and Providence, uh, especially the Providence game. They, they probably feel like they should have won. They led by a couple goals and let it slip away. So um, both teams are kind of coming off some losses again against uh, or in games that maybe they expected to win or felt like they should have won. And so I think both teams um, are going to come in fired up, you know, not to mention that their rivalries, which even or rivals, which only adds to it. Um, and they want to get off to a strong start in NCHC play. So, yeah, that, that, that uh, might be the most intense uh, series, though. Certainly the Duluth-Western Michigan series uh, will be a good one, too. Well, that kind of, you know, so you're sitting there and talking about four, two matchups of, of basically top, top 10 top, teams. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you know that those are going to have a lot of intensity. So, now, forgetting the individual game questions or series questions that, that, that Scott's – uh, I sit here and I look at this and 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 I don't know what the game plan is. Now, do you travel to a series on a regular basis? Do you kind of sit there and pick, um, as, you know, as part of your uh, official duties there, or 
Do you just sit there and say, you know what, it's just easier for me to stay home and watch all four games at once? Yeah, great question. Um, so typically I don't travel outside of Colorado during the regular season. Okay. Um, so, you know, with CC playing St. Cloud, I'll go to at least one, if not both of those games this weekend. Um, okay. You know, Denver is an hour up the road. I, I try to get up there a couple times a year. Um, but typically I'm not traveling um, outside of those two places during the regular season, nowhere that would, you know, require an overnight trip or flying. And that's mainly a couple of reasons. One is just, it's, you know, saves on some cost. Of course. And it's, it's really not necessary for me to be at games um, and kind of to what you alluded to at the end there. It, me personally, I actually do find it easier sitting uh, on my couch where I can watch a game on my television, watch a game on my computer, watch a game on my iPad. You know, I'm, I'm also cutting highlights. I'm tweeting. Um, I'm monitoring kind of all the games, making sure everything's working, troubleshooting if something is not working. And so um, when I'm at a game, and Scott can appreciate this because uh, he kind of heard me brush him off once or twice. Um, you do that all you know, the time. <laughs> yeah, right? So, so you can appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, if I'm at a game and people are trying to talk to me or I'm, you know, half the time I, I don't even get to watch the game on the ice because I'm watching <laughs> games on my computer. Um, and so it really is. And, and the other thing is is internet is uh, can always be a crapshoot too, right? And so... Right. Um, knock on wood, the internet in my uh, apartment is is usually pretty rock solid. But um, when you go to a venue, you just never know what you're going to get. There's you know a hundred people using it, and um, if I can't use hardwire, sometimes me cutting highlights becomes a little tricky. And so, um, yeah, it is tends to be easier, especially when there's several games going on. You know, some of these, uh, not this past weekend, but the first couple weekends where we had seven games at one time, you know, going on in a night, and four or five games on NCHC TV. It's definitely easier for me to stay at home um you know for me to try and drive an hour up to denver and then an hour back that i mean honestly is just kind of a waste of two hours that i could be doing other things so um it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for me to go to games why well, i do like going to games I, that's the fun part of it certainly right. um, and it's great seeing people like all the scott and all the media members and our school members you know it's good for me to see the sids and the ad's and the coaches and um, you know, it's good to see them face to face and see me supporting them. So I do try to get to games when I can, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely tough to, to really travel and, and be at the games. Cause like I said, half the time I'm, I'm not even watching the game. I'm at, I'm watching the game on my computer anyway. So it kind of, you know, maybe defeats the purpose a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, this is a good week for you because you have one series in the Eastern time zone. That's right. Another series in the central time zone or two of them actually. Two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. And <laughs> And and a, and a mountain because and Scott, I used to be really good with time zones, but then I got involved with Scott and my time zone. <laughs> well, Arizona, Arizona always March. messes me up with time zones because I don't, oh, I never Lord. know if they're I don't know if they're Pacific or mountain. I never know. That. It depends one, on what time more, of the year, right? That's one that's my week. point. I never know. Like, uh, why don't one, one more change, week, change, guys? One more week clocks. and there'll be mountain. Change your clocks <laughs> just, like the rest of the world. Listen, I think we should just be on daylight savings time all year round. So don't without well, everything. So, but uh, I will enjoy my extra hour of sleep, though. I gotta say, I do. Yeah, well, so. well, now let me. Well, just as a follow up to that, if there was is a matchup, say a one versus two, would that make you be like, maybe I should go to that just because there's extra folks involved or uh, something along those lines? Or is it once again, is it just easier for you to stay home for something like that? Yeah. Probably not, to be honest, uh, Paul. It's probably something where it, it doesn't really matter if it's a regular season game. Certainly, you know, frozen face-off, I'm there in person right. and, you know, running things and, and overseeing things. And like I was with the pod, I was there in person. But um, when we have kind of school, you know, school people, school um, members, staff members running the games themselves, 
you know, I don't, I don't really need to be there. I mean, sure, I could do some behind the scenes social media stuff or things like that. But, I, you know, kind of like I alluded to, you know, my job and what I'm doing doesn't really require me to be there. I'm cutting highlights for a game that I'm probably not attending and I'm monitoring our website to make sure our live stats are working and the other NCHC TV streams are working and tweeting out goals and tweeting out final scores and posting final scores on our websites and writing a recap for our website. So things like that, that, you know, I, I don't need to be at a, a particular game to do that. It's, and Josh like I said, I do, I do find it right? easier. <laughs> he's, 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 so he's the one who travels on the weekends. Okay. He's the All one right. who usually, so when you have that one verse two series, he's the one who's going to the one verse two series. <laughs> um, he's the one who was at the St. Cloud, Minnesota series a couple weekends ago. Um, he was at the North Dakota Penn State game on Saturday. He actually went to the Omaha game uh, Friday against LIU, and then on to Nashville Saturday. So, right. um, he so he does travel a lot of weekends. He um, tries to make it to kind of every school, um, kind of in the first half of the season, and then again in the second half. So he gets to each place kind of at least once, if not twice, a season. Um, but yeah, for me, I, you know, I, I do travel. I did travel a couple years ago. I went to Duluth for a regular season series only because I had never been to Duluth. Right. Um, so, you know, that was kind of a, I'd asked Josh, hey, like, I've never been to UMD's arena. I'd actually never been to Baxter Arena either. That was the other one, but I certainly got plenty of time there. So, <laughs> Maybe. Um, so yeah, so I've now checked off. I've now been to all uh, NCHC arenas. Um, I did actually take a regular season trip to Grand Forks. I forgot about that uh, like three or four seasons ago. So um, so I do, did occasionally take a regular season trip to some arenas that I had not been to just so I could kind of see him and, and meet some of the staff that maybe I hadn't met in person before and things like that. Um, but yeah, now that I've been to them all, I don't, I don't know that I'll quite get the, uh, the privilege of, of traveling for regular season. I'll be, be going to uh, Robeson arena a lot and uh, hopefully make it up to a couple Denver games. Okay. So you brought up stats and, and, and this has kind of been a thing here um, for the start of this season. Um, I understand. And maybe in, in there probably are a lot of people that don't, um, that the game day stats collection, so to speak, for lack of a better term, has been turned over to new hands this year. Um, has there been discussion on that? Because I understand not getting some of the minutia, but to, to be behind on the scores, I don't know, Michael. I mean, to me, that somebody's falling asleep somewhere. Yes, yeah, so I guess – I, uh, maybe I'm not quite sure exactly what you mean on falling behind on the scores, but in terms of, I can kind of try and, uh, summarize somewhat briefly and at a very, uh, high level view of what's kind of happened in the college hockey stats world. Um, that's causing, yeah, a lot of these kind of issues and, and problems, whether it's, yeah, live stats just not working or right. an extra goal showing up in a box score or, or nothing or nothing showing up. Yeah. Goofy things, just goofy things going on. Or, um, the biggest one that I've noticed lately is power play goals or shorthanded goals, just not being credited as such, even though they are. Um, anyway, um, what's basically gone on is so for a long time, basically 20 ish, 20, 21 years, uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Tim Dennehy, um, who, uh, lives in New York, upstate New York. Um, I believe, uh, I can't remember if it's Clarkson or St. Lawrence, but uh, one of the cities that the, those schools are in up north and in New York. Um, he was an SID there for a little bit, and he got involved in college hockey and ultimately built a website called collegehockeystats.net. Um, and he kind of just slowly over time, first he started with a couple conferences, uh, I think Hockey East and ECAC, and then ultimately he ended up just taking over kind of everyone's stats. And so all schools started sending Tim Dennehy 
um, their final box scores after the game as well as live stats during the game. Um, and he kind of became this central hub of all things college hockey stats. He had his excellent website. I mean, he's a computer whiz, um, can build all sorts of things. Um, and so over time, he just kind of became the source for college hockey stats. That was kind of the thing is all SIDs or statisticians after games and during games would send their stuff to him. He would distribute it to other websites like College Hockey News, USCHO, our website, ncapsyhockey.com other conference websites, other national websites. He was kind of the go-to source. Um, and he compiled it all. He made sure there were national stats, conference stats, all that stuff. Um, anyway, he had decided to retire uh, this past off-season. Um, so he used to collect all the box scores on Friday nights. He had a system to check everything, make sure power plays and penalty kills aligned and all the stats matched up and everything matched. Um, and so he decided he didn't want to do that anymore, which I can certainly appreciate. Um, and so his, his website, while it is still active, it is not actively populating stats anymore. It only shows past year's stats. Um, and so right now there's no kind of official place um, to look, go look for national stats, um, which is part of the problem. But then the other big issue um, is um, the actual system being used to score stats on site has also changed this season. Um, and so it used to be a program called Stat Crew, um, which was kind of antiquated. Um, it was very like 80s DOS. You couldn't use your mouse. You had to type everything in. There was no running clock. Um, it was just uh, very old school. Power plays were not automated. Um, nothing was really automated. Um, anyway, the NCAA um, worked out a deal with a company called Genius uh, Stats, which is a company over in Europe, I believe England. Um, to basically build a new live stats uh, or statting platform for all sports in the NCAA. So not just hockey, but football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, hockey, you name it. Um, and so they've been working on this for probably four to five years now, slowly transitioning to this new live stats software, Genius. Um, football was one of the first that's rolled out. That was rolled out a couple years ago. Hockey was actually one of the last to be rolled out. Um, this is really the first full year that all schools are using it. I believe all schools are using it this year. Um, and so that's causing some problems because you have people who just aren't totally familiar with using the new stat system. But then on top of that, there are just several bugs within the stats platform, and it just doesn't work as it should, um, which is unfortunately out of our control. I mean, we're working hard with Genius to get them to fix these things, but there's a, a laundry list of issues, um, a wide-ranging list of issues. We seem to discover new issues every game, every day. Um, and so it's, it's been quite frustrating, and I, I understand your frustration. Um, I know fans are frustrated. I know media people are frustrated because I had Brad Schlossman of the Grand Forks Herald, for example, text me a week or two ago. He's like, I just went on four different sites, and everyone has different stats for North Dakota. Well, um, so and that's, that's a problem, right, because there's not yeah. consistency in how things – are being done because you know the school has one thing, but then Genius's stats missed a power play, and so now it's messed up on another site, and um, you know, and then they or someone changes an assistant, but they don't tell everyone, and so then it doesn't get updated elsewhere, and so um, it's it's really been a, a, a debacle, maybe for a lack of a better term. Um, well, and it's kind it, of been a perfect storm of this Tim retiring, not right. him not overseeing it. Plus, we have a, a completely new stats platform. Uh, we also have just a lot of new SIDs in general working at schools. Right. Um, and so it's a new system, which everything is new to them. Um, and so it's kind of just been this perfect storm. Um, you know, the NCAA 
has been involved some, um, but maybe not as involved as I would like them to be, considering it is NCAA <laughs> hockey. Yeah, um, I mean, I was going to say, I mean, you so, guys put this into place, NCAA. Um, it's not like you have to worry about seeing if guys are getting paid under the table anymore. Let's go. I mean, they got to get <laughs> the you. scoreboard right. Forget about the minutia, the individual, like the, the power play. You got to have at least the scores. I mean, I shouldn't be waiting till 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock Eastern time for a game that was played at Ohio State to have the score even show up. I think you should write a strongly worded letter uh, explaining <laughs> go, your Michael. stance because, I, you know, I, I, I know you, know, you, I, you I, would retweet, I would retweet, I would retweet, I would retweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I understand that you, that, that you're in a position where you can't say anything. So, and, and I'm not, I don't mean to, 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 to go on this little mini rant here to put you in a, in a tough spot. I've just, I just, you know, it, it's just an impromptu thing. Like, Hey, get your heads out of your butts, guys. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had talks with Adam Wodon at College Hockey News um, and Dan Parker's two runs, uh, the College Hockey Inc. website, um, as well as Hockey East website and the WCHA Women's website, um, as they've been very involved with Genius and working with Genius through some of these issues and making them aware of issues, because um, they're actually two of the, the major people that have kind of taken over for Tim in terms of collecting the data from Genius and distributing it out to people and aggregating it on their sites for national stats. I mean, Right now, College Hockey Inc. and College Hockey News are probably the two best places for national stats. USCHO, I believe, also has national stats, but I haven't had conversations with them. Um, but I, College, College Hockey Inc. used to have amazing um, filters for national stats on their website. You could sort by, you know, you could look by final five minutes of a period if you wanted to. You could look at overtime games. You could look at a certain month of stats. Um, and that's, I think, what we're really missing and was great with College Hockey Inc. and with Tim um, Tim's platform that we just don't have with, with Genius and um, kind of to your, your rant, Paul, no one um, has really stepped up uh, to do that, um, including the, you know, the NCAA, which, uh, you know, this is the NCAA hockey. So um, they do have some stats on their website, but certainly not maybe to the level that we were hoping or would like to see. I just want the scores. All right, All right Michael, <laughs> Michael, Michael, trust me. The email will get done. <laughs> we'll put Paul on a mission. There you okay, go. Uh, so let's wrap this up so people know what's going on. NCHC regular season hockey starts this weekend. There are series at Kalamazoo, Michigan, Lawson Ice Arena, in Omaha, Nebraska at Baxter Arena, in Grand Forks, North Dakota at the Ralph, and, uh, of course, uh, St. Cloud State right here in Colorado College Colorado Springs at Ed Robeson Arena. Um, Guy's first it, name it, was the. You're you're off to you're off to a great start already with the non-conference. You and I talked about that. If anybody hasn't been to our website yet to see my interview with you, um, I think you explained everything really really well. Congratulations again on the great honor and the great promotion. Uh, NCHC is the class of college hockey. There is no doubt. And we are very proud to uh, to not only have you on the show, but to, to call you a friend and a partner as well. Well, I really appreciate that, Scott. I appreciate the kind words. And uh, it's been uh, a, quite a ride with the NCHC, and, and we're certainly happy to have you guys as a partner. It's been great getting to know you guys and, and uh, always fun to hop on your show and talk some hockey. Always. All right, Michael. I got one thing you got to listen to before, uh, before we go, because this is what I need when Paul gets on a rant. Just listen. That tells him to stop. <laughs> it doesn't it's, work. It's kind of like that button on television when there's cursing, right? You just hit the, the goal horn uh, right. when you want to mute him up. 
Yeah, it doesn't yeah. work. I promise. <laughs> Absolutely. Michael Weisman, thanks for joining us. Thanks, um, I still haven't had a B yet. I've got one B on my uh, my tablet. So we're going to have to get that done because it looks like I may be here another week. Because uh, You're still you're huge. Gonna, you stick around for St. Cloud weekend, right? Oh, stick this around. is just getting too huge to uh, to not. And I got to get comments from Denver and find out what Coach Carl's got up his sleeve for North Dakota. And, uh, and, and you know, Chris Mayotte. What a home run Colorado College hit. I'm sorry, folks. You think I'm a cheerleader, but he is. I would sign a letter of intent to, sign, to play for that guy at 60 years old if he'd let me. Uh, he's just fantastic. Yeah, it's, I've enjoyed getting to know him. A uh, couple kind of conversations with him. Uh, great personality, great guy, great energy. Um, and I think he's got a great plan for, for the team. And I think you've already seen some great strides that they made uh, from oh. kind of that opening exhibition game. Uh, and that oh first goodness. weekend against St. Lawrence to, to where they are now. So, Not even close. Yeah. All right, Michael, yeah. have a good night. I will touch, touch base with you this week. And Thanks, uh, Michael. keep that schedule up, okay? Sounds great. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. Take care. We'll thanks, talk Michael. soon. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, Paul and I will be right back to wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Live in two minutes. best college hockey conference ready for you wherever you are however you want to watch your favorite team is on nchc.tv on your phone tablet or stream to your tv subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv if it's nchc hockey it's on nchc.tv Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. If you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burrito served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right, we're back, College Hockey Southwest Live. We're back to wrap up another great episode. Scott Stranding, Colorado Springs tonight. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein on beautiful Long Island, New York. Paul, I won't uh, ask you to go in and recap Michael because we don't have much time left, and uh, I think we both know Michael pretty well by now. So yeah, I mean. um, we, we know what he says, but I do want to jump into our uh, College Hockey Southwest Live Super 16 uh, one more time. I, I read it okay. with, with Michael. 
Uh, I just right. want to quickly get your opinion. I'm going to break it down into fours. And, I gave uh, you my – that is my opinion. No, I know I know that's your opinion, but I want you to tell uh, our listeners uh, on the top four why the top four are there, and then we'll try to do this quickly. But Minnesota State, 6-2-0 and is our top spot. St. Cloud State, 6-2-0 and is our number two spot. Minnesota Duluth, 5-1-0, and number three. Michigan, 6-2-0, and number four. Why do you have them in that order? Uh, well, I had Minnesota State number one last week, and there was no reason to change it. Uh, Dryden McKay got another shutout. He's got the record. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, um, and and that to me, that's kind of the difference maker. And and this is not to 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 to, to disparage the the Rennick at at, at Saint Cloud. It's just that to me, that's that's okay. you know, that's really the difference right now. Okay. What about Minnesota Duluth? Five one and zero. Surprised or not surprised? Well, I'm never surprised when they win. Um, Completely different roster now, though. Completely. Yeah, I I understand that. I just I hate putting them there because then I got to deal with you, and I really don't want to do that. (laughs) And Michigan six two and zero. I just don't see the consistency from Michigan to to find them not number one, but they just they just don't seem to be consistent, do they? Um, they certainly weren't this weekend. That is for sure. Um, you know, they, they, they've lost twice, two out of their last three games now. Uh, and they've lost them at home. They lost to Western to, to Western at home and they lost to, uh, to, to Wisconsin this past weekend. I'm sorry, two out of their last four and they lost them at home though. You know, you lose on the road. That's one thing. Yeah. It's on the road. You know, can I can I tell you something else? What? There are two things about Michigan. Just because you have a bunch of number ones doesn't mean that uh, they make a good team. That's the first thing. Well, no, but and, even the best and, of teams have have okay. spots in the season where they struggle. I know, but but number two is um, Colorado College took a coach from that Michigan staff, a heck of a coach from that Michigan staff, and. Um, how, how much do they miss Chris Mayotte? Too I don't know if we know tell. that yet. It's it's too. How early much do to they tell. miss Chris Mayotte? I don't know. Like it's, it's they miss Chris Mayotte. Of course, I'm sure they do. But what did Mel Pearson forget how to coach? No, but um, Chris Mayotte's got away with players. It's too early. Let me just put it that way. Okay, so five, six, seven, and eight. Denver four and two was off this last week. Quinnipiac five one and two. Minnesota five three and zero. Oh. And Western Michigan five one zero. This is the most intriguing of the four four teams breakdowns that we have here. Why? Denver didn't play; they're still here at four and two. Quinnipiac five one and two. You like Quinnipiac? You, you say I they're going to be a tough, tough out. They usually are, and I do. And 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 I th- I thought about dropping them actually a few more spots just because they did not play that well this weekend and I just need to see um, how much of that was just having a a um, uh, uh, like almost like trap game so to speak after coming and get, and playing really really well against North Dakota and guess who they get in two weeks, Paul? Well, that's how we'll that's what we'll find out. <laughs> they get Arizona State in two weeks. Okay, you know that's uh, where we're Mid- going to find out. I mean, honestly, on on, on top of that, um, you know, although you have to be careful there too because 
Um, you know, when when you're talking about a non-conference game at this point, uh, they play two conference games this weekend on the road, and then they, you know, and then they, you know, how much does ASU become like a donut or a trap? weekend yeah it is not who knows at this point who knows right. okay we're running out of time but we got to get through these uh minnesota five three and oh um that th- again lack of consistency um lack of domination and now injuries piling up on the golfers well yeah you want to call them that i call them a few other things but uh you know i mean they still have talent and they're still good but um you know once again but i think they're on a slide well, good. Okay. Uh, West, by the way, they were outplayed this day. They just, they just, for whatever reason, they just managed to, to figure out a way to, to win some games here. Because every time I watch them, they're getting outplayed. They certainly were outplayed. Well, they have enough raw talent and a good goaltender to get it done. Uh, and, and let's face it, I don't think the Big Ten is as good a conference as they think they are. Well, um, we're going to find out soon enough. Yeah. Okay, and number eight, Western Michigan, five one and zero. Um, boy, they, they just look higher. like they are coming on. Probably could be higher. Okay, so let's do the next four: North Dakota, Omaha, UMass Lowell, Bemidji State. We saw UMass Lowell split with uh, Arizona State, uh, so we know a little bit about that. Omaha seven one and zero, but they haven't really played anybody. And North Dakota four three and zero. That is a group of players that's trying to get it together. Bemidji State, 4-4-0. Again, I'm not sold on Bemidji State. We'll see on Thanksgiving weekend when they come to Arizona State. Well, listen, these bottom six, you could you could pull them out of a hat. Honestly, you could pull them out of a hat. You could throw a bunch of teams in there and 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 um, pull them out, and it, it, it wouldn't be uh, so outlandish that, you know, these bottom six teams in this list could, could be anywhere in the bottom six and – or not even be in the bottom six. So, okay. Last four: Penn State six one zero, Lake Superior State six three one, Providence six three zero, Michigan Tech three two zero. Your thoughts on that? I think Penn State's on the rise if they keep doing what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, well, I mean, hold uh, they're going to move on up. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're they're just you know they always score. Doesn't matter who they have on their roster, they always score. Um, it's just a matter of if they can outscore you. Um, but they looked pretty darn good last night. Uh, or so maybe that start to finish. Part I might of it. Add too. Yeah. <laughs> they were good the whole game, it, but you know, Hey, so, okay. Uh, your likes on Lake Superior state. I know Providence. I mean, Nate Lehman just is Nate Lehman, uh, but Lake Superior state six, three and one in Michigan tech. How did they earn your, uh, your spots? Well, I mean, when you sit there and, and, and you just look at, you know who they've played and where they've done it. Um, Michigan Tech swept Wisconsin at Wisconsin, even if the Big Ten is down. You know that's still yeah yeah I hear you. You know you're you're winning two games on the road. Uh, you split this weekend at Clarkson. Now I know some of the ECAC teams are struggling here to start the season. Uh, you lost in overtime against Notre Dame. So, I mean, it's not like, uh, uh, you know, I mean, that those are it's some pretty high-level competition there, um, at least to this point. I mean, maybe it changes uh, as the season goes on and we look at games a little bit differently. But, you know, uh, 
it, it is what it is. Um, in Lake Superior, uh, you know, sweeping unions, uh, getting a win and a tie against St. Lawrence. And they played a lot of home games, but they split with Omaha to start the season. Um, ran into the buzzsaw that can be Michigan on any night. Yeah, they so, actually gave Omaha their only loss. Yeah, I mean, so. Yeah, okay. It makes sense to me. makes sense to Michael. makes sense to everybody. So we'll have that up on the website and the uh, Twitter feeds tomorrow so you'll be able to see it all in nice graphic form. Um, our thanks to Michael Weissman, of course, the Associate uh, Commissioner of the NCHC for joining us. Uh, big thank you to everybody here in Colorado for all the help and support. And um, it's going to be a crazy week again. Uh, it's just uh, so much good hockey. Uh, we look forward to bringing it to you. We're hoping to get a really good guest, a really special guest for uh, for Tuesday night. So you'll want to tune in then for College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Or I can um, just rant. And you can use your little buzzer <laughs> thingy. My goal horn. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. If you don't have anything else, take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the masks, College Hockey Southwest Live on the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network is brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. The best in barbecue Las Vegas style. And now available at our new spot at all Allegiant Stadium events. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Boost Mobile. Bring your current phone to any location and learn how to get a new SIM card free when you switch to Boost Mobile. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey. Fabulous Las Vegas atmosphere. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Worldwide, it's where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask, and all of the IcetimeHockeySW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Mask, College Hockey Southwest Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. All right. Well done, my friend. I, I will end it on this. Michael told me, uh, and I knew this, but it's always nice to hear it come out of his mouth. He said, uh, you know, what they shoot for in, in non-conference, and this really affected uh, NCHC hockey last year, was um, the non-conference, they tried to be somewhere between 600 and 750 in a winning percentage. Because when they start playing NCHC games, uh, it's basically a 500. One team wins, one team loses, right? So uh, that non-conference is extremely important to NCHC uh, when it comes down to the very end and the pairwise. And don't kid yourself, Michael watches that pairwise very, very closely. Um, Still, it's, Brown's not number two in the country. I mean, no, I know, but that, that, that's they got to start somewhere, and they will iron it all out by the time we get to the end. That's why, if you want the best poll, check out the College Hockey Southwest Live Super Sixteen. Um, yeah, Paul, yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks again for uh, everything and a great show again. Our thanks to Michael Weissman with NCHC, the Associate Commissioner, and we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody. <laughs>